Looking to unleash your inner craftsman? Look no further than Outlaw Leather USA, where they specialize in crafting custom-made leather welding gear that offers maximum protection from heat and sparks. With their product's superior quality, construction, and durability, you can count on them to stand up to any job. And with their outstanding customer service and dedication to providing you with the best possible experience, you can trust that you're investing in the quality you deserve. As a special bonus for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off your order by using the special promo code WELD10 at checkout. Invest in quality with Outlaw Leather USA today. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I got to chat with Matt Reed, aka Lucky Welds, a specialty welder currently working at SpaceX. He tells me how he got started welding in high school, where he completed the outcomes for his class in two weeks, then started combo welding. When he went out into the field, he skipped the helper stage and went straight to welding. He talks about the importance of listening to older welders, keeping your mouth shut and eyes and ears open, the strict standards of welding at SpaceX, and the importance of keeping your skills up by practicing every day. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with your work and what you do? My name is Matt. I go by Lucky on Instagram. I'm Lucky Welds. I'm a specialty combo welder slash tube welder. For people that might not know what a specialty welder, can you give us a little bit of insight into that? You'll get more than a different opinions on that, but <laughs> as I was brought up, a specialty welder, a kind of, the difference between a combo welder and a specialty welder is a combo welder can TIG and stick on carbon and stainless, but a specialty welder can do any process on any alloy. It doesn't matter. So whatever that code says, if it's Inconel, AL6XN, Hastelloy, whatever the process is, TIG, Flux, MIG, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're able to do it and get it done. So that's kind of like a combo welder just mainly does carbon and stainless with taking stick. And so how did you get into being a specialty welder? Like, how did you learn all these different alloys? On the job, I never went to welding school. I wasn't fortunate enough to uh, KWI, uh, Western Welding Academy, all these Precision Welding Academy, Arkansas League. They, those were not a thing when I got started. There were, And I'm from Richmond, Virginia. There's welding, but they don't like really dive into pipe welding. They don't do much TIG. They teach like stick. I learned most of mine on the job. I was lucky enough in the high school, I took a welding class and I smoked his whole semester class out in two weeks. 
That's awesome. They were just simple tests, like two pieces of plate, weld a bead over it, flat piece of plate and around certain, you know, and a piece of pipe, put it on top, weld around it, put water in it the next day, see if it leaks. They were like not actual weld tests you would take on the job. But when I smoked them all out, he was like, okay, like you're serious. <laughs> you know, like you want to learn something? I'll show you something. And literally I took some three hours of welding for a semester every day, every single day, five days a week. And all I did Tig root, hot pass, stick it out 7018 in 6G position. Every single day, this man made me do it to the point I was like, all right, if this is all, I don't want to do this anymore. And then after that, basically, my I grew up on a farm. My, my old man was a little old-fashioned, and he told me, law considers you an adult at 18 years old. I consider you an adult. It's time to go get a job in the place of your own. And I had a buddy of mine that was a pipe fitter, and he knew I could weld. And he was like, hey, man, like, I got a job down here if you want to come down here and weld and make some money. He was like paying 35 and 120. And I'm like, okay. I was like, what does that mean? He was like 35 an hour and 120 a day per diem. And I'm like, awesome. What's per diem? Yeah. Like I knew nothing when I walked out on my onto the job site. I didn't know anything about nothing. That's crazy. That's, how I got my that's wild, man. That's like being thrown to the wolves for sure. I skipped the helper. That's what surprised a lot of people. I skipped the helper stage and I didn't go through welding school. But like when I got out there, like I said, I didn't know nothing. And I just thought back to what my dad always told me growing up. He was like, if you keep that mouth closed and your eyes and your ears open, you will learn everything that you need to know. And you'll know what question to ask. And it, it just took off from there. The old heads that I came up with, they they really liked that because I wasn't cocky. I wasn't one of them ones. Yeah, I'm the slick. Because everybody, when I got out in, in the circle in the morning, it like with the group, all the welders and fitters, I was listening to them. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm the slickest back home from my weld and from my town and this, that. And I'm filking around. I'm like, man, these guys are going to smoke me. I'm going to get fired. Man, I'm not ready for this. And this old guy told me that he was like you. And I was like, me? I was like, what? He was like, you're coming with me. He was like, you're not talking. He was like, I can do something with you. So let's go get your stuff. And I did. And it just, it took off. That's awesome. So your progression. So you started working that job. Tell me a little bit about your journey to where you're at now. Cause you're working at a very predominant company that a lot of people like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm very fortunate to have the job that I have. And I'll tell you one thing, SpaceX really does take care of me, you know, and I, every time, no matter what it is, even if they give me a stand, they're like, I need a stand made or a platform, man. I give the, I literally take my time. I make every weld look good, you know, cause that's all any company wants. If they're going to pay you $42 an hour or 38 or 35 or whatever you're making, then you ought to be able to deliver $38 an hour quality welds every single time for these people. And I'm not going to lie, I base my welding off what I make. If you want a $28 an hour welder, I'll give you $28 all day. You want 42 I have not a problem giving you 42 but I want to be paid for my skill. If no one has seen your welds, like your welds are fantastic and it is consistent. It That's the thing, like looking through your Instagram I like every single weld looks exactly the same. There's no deviation. Like I've talked to world skills competitors in the past and the kind of standards they have to hold to in the world skills like you do on a daily basis, just from what I can see online, your consistency is there. So like I get rusty from time to time. What are you welding on mainly like at your job? What type of alloys are you mainly doing? 
mainly schedule 10 that's uh one of my personal favorites i love schedule 10 i really do i could well that stuff all year long no problem modell carbon aluminum i dabble in a little bit of everything and now i just i got moved into a different department some stuff's kind of going on with the work getting slow and everything like that and so they moved me to a different department and now i do everything i don't just get to weld every single day i there's some days like today i was moving stuff they needed stuff moved i'm basically like a maintenance guy more or less until work picks back up and then i'll be out there but when i'm out there in the field and everything like that i'm welding on Pretty high pressured stuff, 100% X-ray. Like it's one of them things. If it comes up, they want you to be able to do it, and that's the one thing I do love about SpaceX. I see guys out there that are literally right out of welding school, and they're welding along next to me, and I like they're doing good, and they're like, man, like this is awesome. I'm welding to SpaceX. Like I don't even know why they keep me, and I'm like, because you're progressing on a daily basis. They like they don't mind hiring people with inexperience but they want to see you progressing along and some of these guys this is their first job and they keep up with me they're really good welders it's really crazy what i see now how the welding industry has changed in the time that i've done it it's changed tremendously in what ways would you say job ways finding jobs instagram social media is a big thing you're seeing like a lot more younger welders hayden welds i'm pretty sure you're familiar with him 19 years old I'll tell you one thing that if I could be where that kid was at 19 years old, I would not be, I wouldn't be here right now, be somewhere, but like, you know, but that kid could really smoke them out. And like when I was 19, there wasn't all this open. Now you just like Google or YouTube. Hey, how do I weld Chrome? And it brings it up and there's a video. You can watch it in the truck on the way to the weld test. I didn't have that. I remember the first welding video, the pipe, the first pipe welding video on YouTube. It was with Bob Moffitt and Mr. Tig. It is crazy the amount of information that's out there. I've been talking to people about like how the future of welding education, like you can go to a school and everything, but man, like you can find anything you'd ever want to know about welding online right now. Like we've got the Weld app. We're that's a big thing we're trying to do with that is give people all the resources you would need to teach yourself. I tell a lot of people that I'm like, you have a garage, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, then why do you want to spend 10 grand to go to welding school? If you have a garage and you've got a power source, go just go buy a welder and get on YouTube. I'll get you all the material you want, whatever. I'm like, why would you want to go to welding school? You got me. You got a garage. You got a machine. You can do this. Yeah. That's how I did it. When I tell people that you don't need to go to welding school. I didn't go to welding school. And I work for a great company. I make good money. I've made good friends. And I, but I don't ever limit myself either. Like being that I didn't go to welding school, I have nothing wrong with a, like a 19 year old showing me something. I didn't go to welding school. They might've showed him something they didn't teach that I don't know. So that's why I always try to tell people take self-criticism and structural criticism to like when people try to help you, don't get smart with them. Just take it. Take it for what it is and learn from it. Because if you're not learning every day, then really, what are you doing? Yeah, you're not progressing, that's for sure. Yeah. With all these different alloys, I know the puddle acts differently. Like when I was just at Weld.com's like headquarters last week, and I I've welded aluminum 
three or four times in my life and the a company needed just some brackets made real fast. And they was like, hey, can you make this? And I was like, I don't do aluminum that much, but I'll figure it out. And right. so I sat there and I just practiced, got the feeling of the boogery consistency of aluminum. When you're changing different alloys, like how do you adapt to the different puddles and flows? I tell a lot of people, you know, when they ask me, how do I weld chrome? How do I weld ink canal? I'm like, do you understand what the puddle looks like? You understand what you should be looking at. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, then that's all you need to know. You'll figure the rest out as you go. If you learn how to read a puddle and you can honestly read that puddle and say, all right, this is too hot. I'm really having to feed wire. I'm really having to move like real quick. That tells me I need to bump my heat back down. Or if I'm like moving along and it's trying to ball up and it doesn't want to spread up, that tells me, hey, I'm too cold. If you know how to read the puddle, you can really weld any alloy. It, it Welding is welding. Once you learn how to read that puddle, you might add a step or two, like carbon or uh, stainless. I mean, you purge it. You're just adding one step, but the puddle's still the same. It's just cleaner than carbon. Mm-hmm. Still the same deal. It's still a puddle. It's just a different alloy, and you're adding one to maybe two more steps in there, you know? And speaking of purging, too, just jumping back and forth here, because that was another one of my questions. When you're doing these big pipes, like, how are you purging? It's just like pumping a ton of argon in there, or are there like special things you do to try to seclude one section so you don't have to use as much argon? Like, what are different techniques you use to purge big pipes? It really, if I can, I like to run a dampener. I like to run a dampener because that way I can get to welding a little bit quicker. If they don't want to take the time to do that or the company, I really like those purge balloons where like they plug into the argon hose and the balloon blows up and it basically seals off the weld and it pumps argon in. And then when you're done with the weld, you turn the gas off, the balloons deflate themselves and you pull them back out of the pipe. Now, they're a little more expensive. A lot of companies don't want to buy those. Plus, and I say this with a grain of salt. A lot of welders don't think to look and see how close the balloon is to the weld. So when they light up, they pop it. Oh. Now we've just done, you've just destroyed a $400 device. So I get why companies don't do that, but I do like to use a dampener. If not, I my purge raw setup, I lo- like I said, I love Schedule 10. I think the reason I love that is because most people hate it. And I have a special rig. I call it the MoFlow. A buddy of mine out here at SpaceX actually made it for me, and that thing gets a purge real quick. No tape on the gap, just tape on the back to hold, like, my purge coming in. And I, like, I can leave the front even untaped, and this thing will give me tacks that are silver every single time. A lot of people on Instagram ask me about my purging, how I purge, how many seconds I wait, and I give them all the same answer because it's the honest one. I just do it by feel. I do it by feel. I've done this long enough, you know. Now, bigger pipe, I do like to stick an O2 meter in there just to double check because even so, I'm human. I make mistakes. So I might be like, oh, yep, that purge is good. And then light, and then we got sugar tax. So I, in a bigger <laughs> pipe, like 10 inch and above, I do like to double check and put an O2 meter in there. Other than that, I really just do it by feel. That's wild, man. I mean, but that's the experience talking. I saw a quote on your Instagram. It says, you don't stay on a job based on how hard you work. You stay on how hard you are to replace. That I love that quote. That was awesome. Was that a you quote or did you find that quote? 
No, actually, an old guy used to always tell me that. I tell you what, I really revert back to the old, the older guys, the older generation that I learned from. And uh, God rest some of their souls. And, you know, now that they're the other ones, they're retired. But one of them told me that one day and uh, I kind of looked at him real funny. And he was like, I'll tell you that. And I'll tell you one more thing. He said, you want to weld every single day? I said, absolutely. He said, then you better be the slickest and the quickest. He said, if you want to weld every single day, then you need to be the slickest and the quickest, and they'll get you every single time. There's something to weld. They're going to throw you in it before anybody else. Don't be the one that milks it out. Then he told me another quote. Again, I still remember it to this day. He said, you reward work with more work. So when you finish work, they give you more work. But if you try to milk something out, Nobody's going to give you any kind of work or anything like that. So I really, he, he, that old guy taught me a lot, but he's the one that come up with that quote. I know a lot of people like that. That thing got shared quite a bit. Yeah, and yeah. I even thought about it. I was like, is my weld any good? Or <laughs> are you sharing it because of the quote? Because that a is good a good quote. quote. Like I did. I was like, hold up. Is that test look all right? Or? <laughs> Speaking of testing, what was the process like when you went to go work at SpaceX? Wow. Honestly, y'all get a kick out of this. I went with, I was in Virginia. A lot of this thing about Virginia is there's a lot of work. There's a lot of pharmaceutical and chemical plants, but nobody ever wants to work overtime. And I love my overtime. I love what I do. And I tell everybody, find something you love to do. Trust me. That's why I can work 70, 80, however many hours a week, because I love what I do. So they were emailing me to come down here and automatically out the gate, I'm like, there's a problem somewhere. Most welding jobs are wrecked in. They only stretch out to Indeed or start emailing folks when they've got a problem and they yeah. need hands quick and a lot of them. So I got with the lady and everything like that. She sent me uh, everything that I had. Come down. I came down in a, right around January and it was funny because they were like, you don't need your tools. I'm like, what? They said, yeah, you don't need your hood tools. You just need a welding hood. I said, what about my TIG rig? They were like, no, you're not using yours. You got to use ours. I was like, what kind of job is this? I'm like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. So we get in there. It was me and my buddy, Alex. He's from Virginia. He's still in Virginia working for a really good company up there, top-notch welder. And we get in there and the QC comes out and he's like, hey, y'all got to weld a two inch schedule 10. And me and Alex look at one of them. No problem. That's all we do in Richmond and chemical and pharmaceutical plants. And he was like, no, we want color. We're looking for color. We don't want to see anything black. And I'm sitting there and we're like looking at one another. And we're like, he wants to see color. Most people want it like silver. Yeah. He was like, all right, so we're going to give y'all five hours to take this test. Then him and me looked at one another. I was like, five hours, take a two-inch schedule 10. I said, okay, sure. We knocked it out in an hour. Come to find out that they had an 80% fail rate out there. Really? They, they Yep. They were shooting. So many welds were bad because it was inexperienced kids that were coming out of, I don't know how to put this lightly, but local welding schools, not places like Arkansas Elite Welding Academy, Precision, Western Welding, where they teach them everything, how to weld tubes, how to weld pot. I mean, these kids are coming out of local schools and coming out here trying to make X-ray welds. They had a problem. SpaceX fixed it. That all went away and everything went up. But that's how I ended up out here working for spacex dang man that's when you say they fixed it how did they fix it where are they starting to do trainings or no they had a deal one bad x-ray and you were fired that was it one and done you were gone and i did and there was a couple of times that x-ray techs like they did what they would come and they were like one of luckies is bad and i'm like what 
hold up. Like I really did. I really took my time, made sure everything's right. This, that, and the other. It could be, it was like a fluke. Like they saw something on the film, but then went out in there and piped and looked, nothing was there. But still, it had my nerves in a ruckus, you know, because it's one and done. That's your job. Like with bad x-ray, I don't want to deliver no bad x-ray. Have I? Yes, I'm human. Absolutely, I've made mistakes. And it's not that I purposely meant to do them. Obviously, they're just mistakes. I didn't notice something or something changed or whatever the case may be. But when you're on that and they got that, hey, two bad x-rays, one bad x-ray, you're done. Your money's riding on that. Your family is riding on that. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to wake up to every single day. Yeah. How do you deal with that pressure, man? What are what? Because that's a big thing that comes with welding is that you have to be able to handle pressure just yourself. Like what are tips that you give people to just get your mind in that right place to handle that kind of stress? To be honest, BSing with the guys, BSing with the foreman. You're going to if you're going to be out in this trade, you're going to spend 60, 70, 80 hours with these guys. You're going to see them more than you're going to see your family. You need to treat like they are going to end up becoming like family. And just like family, you don't always get along with family. But that's the other part of the family that helps whoever's having the problem laugh about it. There's been many a times like people, I've seen people be getting at it. And I'll be like, fellas, come on, let's just stop. Let's just take our pants down and hug one another. And then both of them will look at me and be like, <laughs> and just start laughing at me. And they'll be like, lucky, what? I'm like, see, it made y'all two stop fighting. So let's figure this shit out. Let's get this. Let's figure out what we need to do to get this piece out and this piece in. You don't need to be bickering and arguing and fighting. We're there to get a job done. But they are your family. They become like family. And I'll tell you one thing. I, out of people I went to high school with, I could call guys that I've met on jobs welding with, and I could be like, hey, man, I'm in a pinch, and I need you right now. And I know guys that would literally drive all the way across this country to where I'm at to help me out. And I could do that with somebody that I went to high school with, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I'm too busy, you know, but you develop a brotherhood with these and a sisterhood with these people. Yeah. So when you're working, are you constantly doing new trainings? Like, are you getting supplemental education through your job or is it just doing the job is the edu all the education you need? I'm always learning. I'm always trying to learn. Even like I'm trying to get my CWI here. So I'm still always learning. I'm always trying to figure out some way to learn something new every day. My dad used to always tell me it's never a bad day if you learn something new. It might be the simplest thing in the world, but if you learn one thing in that day, then that day wasn't wasted. And I try to do everything that I can to better myself as a person, as a worker, as an employee, as a father, as a fiance, every, everything in my life. I just try to better myself. And again, like we talked about before, taking constructive criticism from people. I don't ever have a problem with somebody trying to show me an easier way to do it or, you know, how to do something. And I think that's a big problem with a lot of people. You know, everybody just wants to be a know-it-all. Everyone wants to know it all. And I get that, but that's the funny thing. You're never going to know it all. Even me with welding, like I study this and I'm never going to be perfect. No one's ever going to be a perfect welder. And I think that's why I love it so much. I'm pretty new to the welding world, but man, I learned like doing this like podcast. Dog, man. You oh gosh, you do, man. And because there's just like new like I was just talking to the head of the European Welding Association last week and we were talking. Really? 
Yeah, that, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that's I, awesome. I was talking to him about some really advanced stuff. Like we we were talking about automation, laser welding, hybrid welding, something I'd never even heard of. And but it's so interesting to me to see like all these advancements. Like people don't realize, at least personally, I don't think people realize how advanced welding really is these days. There's so many different processes that could do so many different, like friction stir welding. Have you heard about that? Yeah, Yeah, I've heard of friction stir welding. I heard about that one in my CWI class, but I'm going to give you one I guarantee you never heard of. Most people never have. Cold welding. You ever heard of cold welding? No. Tell me all about it, man. (laughs) It's how they weld in space. They take two alloys of the same similarity, and the minute that they touch... Because space is so cold, it doesn't have oxygen. Those two alloys will join together, and you cannot break them in half. That's how they weld in space. They literally just let the two al- the two pieces or whatever is going to be joined together just touch. And because there's no oxygen, it's called cold welding. Dang. See? Yeah, exactly. It's a brand new thing every day, yeah. man. That's insane. That is nuts. What is your plans with Weld.com? Like, what type of stuff are you going to try to educate people on? Mainly, I want to stick to being in the field. I think I do eventually want to branch out and everything like that. I'm in the process of getting a shop set up. I might start doing TIG artwork and stuff like that. That's not really my background. So I'm if I do, that's going to be like, you learn with me. As I'm <laughs> learning, you're learning. You know what I'm saying? But mainly, I really want to get them, like, field perspectives like you don't always have a piranha to sharpen your tungsten in the field it Mm. doesn't work that way we use a tiger paw and or i use a diamond disc i have a four inch diamond disc and a grinder and i use my weld republic tungsten sharpener because like i'm in the field i'm limited so that's mainly what i want to do i want to show them a field perspective of being in the field and maybe being able to help like some of these kids coming out of school all right this is what i'm about to expect you know, these are maybe some of the tools that I need in my bag that made his life easier, that will make my life easier. Because I'm telling you, when I started in this trade, like nobody wanted to help anybody. These old heads did not want to help the younger generation. They were all said the same thing. Y'all are cocky. Y'all are arrogant. Y'all, I mean, it, and it really was, you know, like you had some that were and you had some that wanted to learn. But we were we didn't have the ability to just go on this Internet like these kids do now these days and learn everything. So that's my plan is to give back to them and to make their life easier, because my life was not that easy, like coming into this trade. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, literally, we're thrown to the wolves, but it definitely made you progress. You, you <laughs> want to know how I learned how to weld chrome? Yes. All right, so I was on a job. It was a carbon and stainless job, and uh, the foreman come around. He said, who here can weld chrome? And me and my buddy looked at one another. We both were like, all right, yeah, shot our hand in the sky. <laughs> so they set us up on this joint, and we got they got us a fit and everything like that, and uh, we we're getting ready to tack it. And like we, I put my hood down. I was getting ready to light up. And this old guy come down, oh, come past us. And he was watching us. He said, boys, ain't y'all forgetting y'all's purge? So I lifted <laughs> my hood real quick. And I was like, I knew we was forgetting something. So I run back there and I hook a hook a purge rig up and everything and get it purged. And we get it welded. And we did. We got it welded. And it did pass visually for QC inspection, past x-ray. The old guy come back and saw the weld when we got done. He said, you boys ain't ever done a whole lot of this, have you? And I did. And I looked at him, and I'll never forget what I said. I said, mister, I'm 22 years old. I said, when they said who here's welding chrome, I thought they was talking about what's on the bumper of the truck. 
I was like, I didn't know that's what chrome was. He said, why did you say that you could weld it? I said, because sometimes it's better to lie and ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. If I would have told them I couldn't weld it, they were just going to lay my ass off. Like, And he took me and my buddy up under his wing and the next joint, he was like, look, watch this. And we did. We was all in there. And after that job, I swear, I started hitting chrome job, chrome job, chrome job, chrome job, chrome job, because I, I enjoyed it. And that's what I tell a lot of people. You been if you get in this industry long enough and you weld on enough stuff, you get to the point where you can pick and choose the jobs you want to go to. Like me, typically, I'm like, how much stainless you got? I love stainless and I'm good. I like schedule 10. So when I hear that, they're like, oh, we got a ton of it. I'm like, I'm your guy. Because that's what I enjoy welding over being over here doing 60, 10, 70, 18 welding carbon. I mean, I will if I've got to, and that's the only job available. But if I have options, I can pick and choose how easy I want my life. Do I want to be dirty and muddy or do I want to be clean wearing a hairnet? a beard net, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Speaking of jumping from job to job, that's something that people getting into the industry, they don't realize how common that is to like, you'll work at a job for X amount of weeks and then that job's done and then you don't have a job. How did you find jobs? Was it more through the people you were working from? Was it through your reputation? What, What were things that helped you get jobs in the field? You know, I was just talking to a guy about this the other day. I'm getting to the point in the time right now of my life where I'm becoming screwed in that area because my job connections, because like I said, I came up with the older generation that taught me. So those were my job connections. And like I mentioned earlier, they're either retired or they're dead. So I always messed with the older generation and not much with my generation or younger now, these old guys have retired, so they that knocks my recce in out the way. Now, I'm trying to get in with these like ones my age, and they're like, I don't know you. So, I have to do it right now. Like, it really did. It come back to bite me in the tail. Now, I'm having to do it myself. That, uh, like I said, with SpaceX, they just hit me up and they were like, We need Schedule 10 welders really, really bad. And I was like, Okay, whatever. I'll come take a test. If that's what you want, that's what I do. I'll be there. And I did. And I've just been doing it on my own. And a lot of people hit me up on Instagram about that, like always looking for work. And I'm like, guys, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not here to find you work. I'm here to teach you. That's it. If I know you and I've welded with you, absolutely. If I know something, I'll give you something. But when I don't know you and I don't know how you weld, I don't know if you're going to show up late to work. I don't know if you're going to early out three times a week. I don't know if you're going to take 45 minutes when you get a 30 minute long. I don't know what you're going to do. And the minute that the foreman or whoever I've wrecked you into, they come back and they're like, lucky, would you send us? I'm like, I met him on Instagram. What am I supposed to do with that? Then if I get into a pinch and I'm like, Hey, I need a job. They're like, uh-uh, nah, you just sent us one bad one. No, now we're going to, here's your punishment. Dang. I can't get a job now. You know what I'm saying? So I've got to really be careful, but it is a struggle now because like I said, the older generation is retired. My, the guys that wrecked me in, they're gone. That's a really interesting perspective to have too, though. A lot of people don't have that perspective because a lot of people, everything I hear from people of like how to get better, how to get better. They're like, listen to the old heads, listen to the older welders. That's how you get better. You listen exactly. to the people with the experience. Don't think you're just going to know it. See, that's the problem a lot is these kids, they just, they don't want to listen to them. And I watched it. And like, I watched so many times that I'd watch, I know what I'm doing. I'd be like, 
hey, I'll take that advice. I'll take that advice if you can show me and make my life easier. Absolutely. I'm not a brown noser or anything like that. I just, like I tell people all the time, I don't even like problems on job site. I'm there for three reasons. To weld and have fun and to get a paycheck because I just love what I do. I don't want to be screwed with. I'm just there to make a weld, get a paycheck, have some fun, and go home. That's it. Yeah, that's actually a big problem. Some places I go, I always get that job scared look. They got that job scared, like I want their job. I'm like, I don't want your job. I don't want your job here at the plant. I'm just here to get a paycheck, have some fun, and leave. I don't want to stay here. So sometimes, even facing that, and even Instagram, sometimes that becomes like going in to take a test. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie. I always, you can ask any of my followers, anybody who watches my story, I'm straight up honest with them. I tell them, give it to them straight how how it is, how I feel. And even going in to take a test, a lot of times I go take a test, I'm like praying. I'm like, please, God, don't let nobody be like, oh, fuck, that's lucky. I know him. I know him a lot. Please don't. Because I feel like it does. It pushes pressure. You know, if that QC doesn't know me and they're like, all right, this guy's got to be darn good. And I'm not going to lie. I get nervous on a test. So when then he comes and looks and he's like, wait a second. Once I get in the field, I'm good. I get that nervousness yeah. off. But I feel like Instagram becomes a pressure because when people know who you are, they're like, hey, man, this guy right here. And I'm like, Stop. <laughs> don't do that because do now he's going to expect this like God to just come from the heavens to make this world. So I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. It's that like golden arm term. Yeah, this guy's got the golden arm. That's great. Now I, I can't have any lenience in this at all. Exactly, man. And that's why, like, even on my story, you can, again, you can ask some of my followers. I'll show when I mess up. I've posted them even on my regular story so you can re-look at the picture or re-watch the video. I mess up every single day. I just know how to fix it. That's it. I'm not here saying I'm perfect. And that's the bad thing about social media, and I tell everybody because everybody always wants to say, but this guy on Instagram, I'm like, stop saying that. Stop saying that because he does not post the stuff that he messes up. Who would? That's not what social media is about. Of course, everybody's going to post their best work. Yeah. So I like to, I like to post when I make a mess up or a, as I call them, whoopsie. <laughs> but when I do that, I like to be able to take a picture and show these guys coming out of school. It's okay. It's okay if you mess up. I've been doing this a while. I still mess up. Ignore the people talking stuff. Just keep your mind focused on what you need to be focused on. That's welding, getting a paycheck, take care of your family. Other than that, it don't matter. Yeah. And so a lot of people, they learn the most from failures. What have been some very big learning moments throughout your career so far? Like a time where you just totally dropped the ball and it was a really big learning curve for you. You're just like, oh, now I know no matter what, I'm never going to do that again. I'll tell you, it's more of those moments have have come from when I was younger, I'm not going to lie, like I had that mentality. If it ain't my way, I'm dragging. I'll just go to the next job. And that came back to bite me in my tail a couple of times. So I was like, screw it, I'll drag. And I did. And I drove. And then one was at Hackberry. It was in Hackberry, Louisiana. I drove a job to go there. And I was on the way. I literally just got on 95 in Richmond. And they called me and were like, hey, we hit a hiring freeze. We don't need welders anymore. And I was like, what? Dang. I was like, I just drug up on this guy, and I wasn't really the nicest person about it. And I and she's, I don't know what you want me to tell. I'm like, oh man, like. So then I learned, like, I always tell people, we always have a saying as a welder, I don't give a two week notice, I give a two day notice because as quick as they are to you are to quit, they'll throw you out. But it doesn't, if you can 
give them a notice. Don't burn a bridge because I burned plenty just being a dumb, dumb teenager, <laughs> 20 year old living life by the seat of my pants. And I wish I could literally go back in time and grab myself and snatch me by the bandana and be like, hey, no. Don't do that. You're getting very messed up. Like that's actually what why I got the position that I have now. I was telling you about I got I moved departments and they laid everyone off where I was at. They put me over because I lost that mentality as I got older. Hey, if it ain't round, throw it on the ground. I lost that. I'm at home and everything like that. You need a a, a stand fabricate? Absolutely. As long as it involves metal. I don't do electrical and I don't do insulation. That's what I tell them every time. Anything else I'll do, but electrical and insulation, I don't mess with at all. None. You're going to need somebody else if that's what you want. But that's one of the big things I've learned you to be well-rounded. You got to know how to turn it off when you go home and when you're on the road. Obviously, when you're on the road, you're just a welder. You're only there to weld. But when you go home, you're going to have to do other things that you don't like to do. It's not always welding. Again, you might be moving something. So the people that are in welding school or new welders or people that are just trying to progress in their career, what advice would you give them to just get to that next level? Like, how do you get better at welding? Like I said, when we talked about it before, self-criticism, you got to get that out of your head. There's a difference between being cocky and being confident. There's a very big difference in that. And I actually just made a post about it the other day that the, the goal of practice is to keep a beginner's mindset because when you're a beginner, you're still learning. Everything, every mistake you make, you're learning. But as you get better and you advance, then it becomes that, oh, I'm good. I can lay that weave. I'm good. Like, you got to keep that out. And I still do. I humble myself down every single time. Like, I do, like, when I take a, I even tell people on a job, you're not doing nothing. Go get a scrap piece. Start running beads. Like, you get practice. And then when somebody comes around and looks around the corner and says, what is he? Oh, he's welding. Get away. As long as that blue light is shining, nobody's going to come bother you. So just start running beats, getting better. And then when they call you, hey, I need a piece. You're right there. You're ready to go, whatever. But don't I always tell them, don't be standing there out there in the wide open on your phone. And it's like right now, like I said, I don't weld every day, but that's why I've been doing these videos and these scrap coupons for people to help them. Because not only am I helping them, I'm helping me because I'm still welding. Because even though it's like ride, people always say, oh, it's like riding a bike. Once you learn, you'll never forget. That is true. That is true, but that don't mean that you ain't about to bust your ass three or four times trying to get back up on that bicycle and remember what you know how to do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I try to tell people, keep your hand because you don't want to show up two months not welding and try to make an x-ray weld and you don't have a problem. So always keep your hand together. That's why I try to do that. I try to weld as much as I can. I don't care what it is. Even if it's a, flat, a piece of plate flat and I'm just walking the cup across the, a flat plate, I don't care. At least I'm keeping my, my, my rhythm, my wire feed hand. I'm keeping everything in sync so I don't lose that. It needs to be like eating. You do it every day. It needs to feel natural. That's great advice. Just keep your skills. Keep learning. Never stop learning. And never stop well, practicing. I tell a lot of people, I've even said it in a post early actually there's another post i made actually earlier this week a lot of people they know how to weld but they don't understand how to weld interesting explain that go deeper in that go deeper in it you got some people what i call rod burners they know they can make it hold together but when you can grab somebody that understands that heat metal and gravity hate one another <laughs> but you've got to make them work somehow 
And I tell people this all the time. They're like, man, my wire keeps falling out on top. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but common sense would tell me that I need to pull the wire out up onto the bevel more because gravity's trying to take that wire down in there. That's what I'm saying. You need to learn gravity, heat, and metal. They all have to work, but they all hate one another. It's your job as the welder to figure out how to make them all three get along. And once you do that, Every world after that will be slick. You'll know what to do. You'll be running along and you'll be able to see that thing getting ready to fall out. And you'll be like, oh, I need to start moving quicker. I need to start adding more wire. And I even told a guy that the other day. Welding is like an equation. You've got three parts, heat, metal, gravity, like I told you. When you take one away, you need to figure out what to do with these two to survive to make up for what you took away. So if you want to run more heat, that's fine. But you need to learn how to either move quicker with your torch or add your wire quicker. That's what I mean. It's common sense, understanding how to weld, not just knowing how to weld. I can teach anybody, hey, this is what a puddle looks like. That's what it looks like when it don't break down. This is what it looks like when you get porosity. That's teaching. But for somebody to actually understand, hey, my wire is falling out. Maybe I need to either move a little bit quicker or pull that wire out of the root face and more to the bevel. That's understanding how to weld. That's the difference. Yep. Understanding and knowing are different things. So. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, shoot me a message on the Weld app and let me know what kind of topics or people you would like me to have on in future episodes. Also, if you're trying to score some new equipment and swag, every month there's a mystery box of surprises given away to a lucky premium member, so make sure you don't miss out. I'm Bo Wigington, and until next week, we'll see you out there.